Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to Community DC. I'm your host, Dennis Clasco. This morning, we get a chance to talk about our military and how a local organization that started back in 2006 came up with a simple idea taking care of families and returning veterans into what you and I think are normal everyday circumstances. I'm talking about Hope for the Warriors and its co-founder and CEO, Robin Kelleher. Over the next 30 minutes, we'll talk about their programs, how to donate, upcoming events, and exactly how they help returning vets and their families. Here's my conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? I'm fantastic, and I'm glad. For our listeners that don't know, I got a chance to meet and speak with Robin a few days ago for another feature we have called CEOs You Should Know, and I was so bedazzled by all the wonderful things that she is doing for Hope for the Warriors here in the DMV that I said, we have to get her on Community DC. So I am so happy that you agreed to do this, and we just get to relive Groundhog Day and talk about you and Hope for the Warriors all over again. Thank you, Dennis. I I really appreciate it. I enjoyed the conversation that we had um, last week and certainly love talking about what we do. So I appreciate you bringing me onto the show this morning. Well, it's our pleasure. And it's a brand new audience on a Sunday morning that gets to hear the wonderful things that you're doing and your team for Hope for the Warriors, Robin. I think we should probably just start from the beginning and uh, say what it is. And then we'll get into, you know, the origin story about why you started Hope for the Warriors. But what exactly is your nonprofit? No, absolutely. Thank you. So Hope for the Warriors is a national and we call ourselves a for purpose organization. Um, I think that really distinguishes, you know, us from um, and, and really elevates the work that is done in um, in nonprofit organizations because it is so purpose based. Um, we were founded in eastern North Carolina about 16 years ago in 2006 military spouses, most of us, um, really just in an effort to support each other through what was a very difficult time. Um, the deployment tempo was, um, you know, just rigorous and, and we were beginning to see injuries and certainly people who were giving their lives in combat in Iraq and then following into Afghanistan. Um, and what we saw was what the impact was at home. Um, not just from the deployments themselves, but then that transition from the service member returning home and the impact that had on the family as well. Um, the, the organization really started off as a, as a military spouse support system, um, as our very beginning programs were spouses support groups and caregiver scholarships. Um, and it evolved into care and resources and programs for um, primarily at that time, severely wounded. Um, and that evolved into a much grander, larger spectrum of of people to include the military family elements. Okay. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to talk about a lot of things, programs and services and also how you can donate, volunteer. There's so many important different aspects when it comes to hope for the warriors, but I think we should kind of circle back, Robin, and, and I think context matters. 
because you come from a very long lineage of warriors yourself that worked in the military and you're a military wife and have a family that's traveled a lot. So talk about that a little bit and then maybe the origin story, because you, you touched on it just a little bit about the epiphany about maybe why we should start this organization. But talk about your background, because I think it's just fascinating. Thank you, Dennis. Um, my grandfather served in World War II, um, Korea and Vietnam. Primarily, his career was a Korean War. Um, and then um, my mom married a soldier as well. And he did three tours in Vietnam, um, which is pretty unique. Um, and then I married a Marine, which was, you know, kind of the, the funny conversation at the dinner table um, between soldiers and Marines. Um, but, you know, Dennis, um, I'm actually divorced now, and I, I really do feel strongly that our divorce is had so much to do with um, his time in, you know, in, in combat and our family's ability to um, be able to come back together well afterwards. And it's such a um, it's not a unique story at all. The divorce rate in the military is very high, uh, much higher than the average you know, general public. And um, so a lot of what I do too is in an effort to make sure that families stay together, that there are the resources and the support that they need to maintain that family unit um, that we didn't have when we were going through it ourselves. So um, it, it can be very, very personal, but also very professional, obviously. And, um, uh, but, you know, it's interesting going back into 2006, it was a really difficult time. And so to think this is a perfect time to start a business right in the middle of everybody being deployed. And I had just had my second child. Um, but we really got those kind of God wink moments where it, there was no questioning that what we were doing was the right thing. And it was the right time. And one of the most important significant moments was when we received our paperwork for being incorporated in North Carolina, and it was dated 9-11, 2006. Wow. And so we really, we quit, we quit questioning whether or not we were doing the right thing because we just kept getting those signs that it, it was something that was necessary and, um, and needed and people wanted to be a part of it. Well, thank you for sharing your personal story. And before we get into programs and services and everything that is hope for the warriors, I think you brought up an important aspect that has a lot of tentacles that 30 minutes will not do it any justice in our conversation. But when our military comes back home, there are so many different things that can happen that aren't great. PTSD, died by suicide, uh, violence in the family, and and it can go on and on. And I know that uh, well, we're not getting super specific about you, but I know you've worked with a lot of families and you shared a little bit about your own personal experiences. But I guess my point to talking about all this, and maybe you can share whatever you would like, is that there are family members that were left behind and you're trying to make the sense of normalcy of the military coming back home and there's nothing normal about it. And everybody has to deal with their own thing and then the reintegration of the military person back in the family. And that's its own separate conversation that could go on, as I say, forever. But it, that's just something that probably isn't talked about enough. But I'm sure you're dealing with it with Hope for the Wars, as you say, to try to keep families together and dealing with all the things that come from a military person coming back home and trying to reintegrate into normal society. Exactly. Yes. And you know what? It, it's um, it isn't talked about enough and therefore it feels uh, not normal. So you never feel like 
you're like, you always feel like your family is the one that just couldn't make it. that didn't have the strength to, to persevere that everybody else is, you know, look at everybody else's family. They're all doing fine. And yet mine's not. And so that really creates that alienation and isolation for military families as well. Um, and it goes along. Then you start looking at that stigma of post-traumatic stress and um, dying by suicide. Those things are are so real. And, you know, if we don't talk about post-traumatic stress and mental health issues brought on by stress and anxiety and what combat does to someone, um, you know, we're not doing our, ourselves any favors. Uh, it's normal processing of trauma that allows a family or a service member to really thrive again. And then again, obviously serve their country in whatever way they have decided is best for them. So there's a lot of, like you said, we got a lot of conversation that needs to take place. Um, Hope for the Warriors is very adamant that we want to be a voice for um, mental well being and what it takes and recognizing that again, trauma has to be processed um, or it will be relived or it will manifest itself into um, substance abuse or misuse or suicide or um, violence in the family unit, personal violence. Um, you know, we we're seeing a lot of interesting things happening in the, the veteran treatment courts because we've got a lot of veterans with challenges that are uh, ending up in the court system. And so there's, there's good work being done, but we're just kind of at the tip of the iceberg. And again, the conversation of normalizing these things is really critical. Um, I, I hate, I hate to think for families that, you know, they're suffering in silence and it shouldn't be that way. I, I agree with that. I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that can be said to anything, whether you have uh, a personal disease and you think like you're the only person on the planet or that your family that's struggling with a military person being integrated back in the family. I, I just think, you know, simple acknowledgement and then being able to relate to somebody that I'm not the only person that's going through this is really important. So I'm glad we had a few minutes to chat about that. All right, let's get to the meat and potatoes because Robin's here. Running Hope for the Warriors is really a big deal. She's been doing it for a long time. There are a lot of different programs and services that you offer. And I'm going to go off the website because I'd like you to talk about three different things that offer. And we'll talk about a few more things and volunteering and donations and some other things that are important to Robin and her team. But you have the well-being model and you've got the clinical health and wellness, transition services and sports and recreation. Let's start with clinical health and wellness. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so what um, when you look at that particular area of programming, it is really about st- establishing stability with the either the individual or the family, and that is financial stability, employment stability, um, mental or you know physical stability. Um, what we're seeing more acutely now is that financial instability because of the economy, because of uh, the real estate market, because of um, all these, you know, things that everybody in this country is is actually experiencing is really hitting the military um, even harder. And so, uh, about sixty percent of what we see coming in now are fi- financial requests for um, housing, mortgages, and rents, um, or food. You know, there's not enough food to put on the table to keep everybody healthy. And so, we address those things immediately. 
to stabilize a family unit or individual. And then the next step would be to apply the strength, um, some other programming and um, moves people sort of through that journey of stability, strength, and then community of uh, connecting them with resources in their own community. But it really starts with that stabilization place. Um, each one of our, uh, anybody who comes through hope into our intake pro, uh, process is assessed for, uh, any level of potential suicidality. Um, and so we do see ranges, um, where people are in a safe place, but they just need help in the moment. Um, we, and then we have those that come in and are really in a very difficult position and need that immediate, um, assistance or care. The um, so the clinical health and wellness piece is very much about um, stopgap help as well. Uh, again, with a goal of connecting people to their own community resources or finding available resources if they're not in someone's community. You know, Robin, I'm a big believer in that. I don't care why an important topic is being discussed about it and what triggered it to be talked about by the nation. But I'm glad that uh, mental health and wellness is being discussed. And I've got a 20-year-old daughter, so she's from a generation where it's a really big deal. And we've seen it up close and personal. And this isn't just for teenage girls, folks. This is for people who come back from war, uh, whether they're fighting or not. And, Robin, I, I you know... I guess I, it would be great to say that you're happy that it's being discussed, but it's satisfying that the mental part of it, the PTSD and all the tentacles that come from that are being discussed and being really, people are sinking their teeth into it, you know, doctors and family members and everybody, that it's now a discussion that it's a real thing and it's not just a made up thing or it's just a military person. We don't have to worry about that. They're tough, right? Yeah, that's um, that's a hard one because it, it, experiencing trauma and then processing trauma has nothing to do with toughness. That's right. It is a process and it needs to take place. Um, so you can't equate a muscle bound, you know, Marine to say he's he or she should do better at tr processing trauma because they're they're tough. Um that it doesn't, it, they don't go hand in hand. And so having that understanding and that place um, to allow somebody to process what they've experienced and then know that once they do, they can move on um, is, is something that needs to be a part of, a, you know, day to day. I think the pandemic has in many ways been very positive. I say that lightly because it was, it's been so hard for so many people, but it has brought to light what post-traumatic stress looks like and Agreed. what it feels Agreed. Agreed, yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. I, also, uh, I think it, and it, it's opened up this country to really have those hard conversations and then to start creating solutions yeah. um, around care. I mean, we limit our... We as a country limit ourselves to even care for ourselves, which is seems crazy. But, you know, little things like 
you know, not being able to to practice um, mental health across state lines like that. We're we're getting closer to those bigger solutions, but we're really um, need to move faster. Yeah, I I agree. And, And back to my daughter's generation. You know, we're talking about celebrities, we're talking about mm-hmm. athletes, and we're talking about regular folk like my daughter, and they're all having a discussion on social media, and it's right out there. So, as I say, I don't care why discussions of important things have happened, but I'm glad it's being discussed, especially when it comes to our military personnel. Let's move over to transition services. You kind of touched on that a little bit, but let's go a little bit more in depth on what that is and what you offer when it comes to Hope for the Warriors. So we have um, mentors and and, uh, subject matter experts on staff who are um, helping service members. So, you know, they're constantly in transition. So this isn't even just about employment um, primarily, though. But transition is something that in the military you're constantly doing, whether it's every couple of years moving from one community to another um, or you're transitioning out to um, a different kind of employment or education. Um, so our transition services is an opportunity to um, to really learn what the culture is in sort of corporate America and how to take the culture that you've and the training and things that you've learned in the military and really apply them well and speak to them well in the corporate community or to find whatever path it is that you want to take. Um, so many, uh, many veterans are getting out of the military um, kind of jump around a little bit after military service. Um, And a lot of that's just, what do I really want to do? It's not that they're not capable of maintaining employment. It it is a, let's figure out what I really want to do. And also what kind of a culture is going to best suit who I am now. And so there's a lot of in-between work that gets done to help our veterans understand what they need to thrive um, and where they want to go with themselves. Um, we also do scholar. We just announced our, um, our next round of scholarships for spouses and caregivers today. Um, in fact, I think Jake Tapper just retweeted our scholarship program for yeah, us. How about that? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I think one of the things, as I mentioned before, at the very beginning of hope for the warriors, we recognize that many spouses were going to need to become primary, um, uh, financial, you know, breadwinners in the family, um, or many of them had had to pause or halt even their own education in order to support the family on the journey that we were all in for so long. So our scholarship program has always been based on that need for that community, caregivers and military spouses um, who want to further their education. And what I love about this program is that um, we decided that not just for um, bachelor's uh, degrees, you know, we're doing master's programs, PhDs, um, technical school, whatever kind of education you want to get. We would love to support that um, financially. And what we're seeing is a lot of our military spouses are going into social work. Um, they want to they want to they want to help people. <laughs> That, awesome. make, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, obviously, you know, there's also law enforcement, security. But I don't know if there's a paradigm shift going on, Robin, but I've talked to enough CEOs over the last year and a half that it seems like more military are getting hired in IT, cybersecurity, and a lot of different areas where that wasn't happening 10 years ago. So I was encouraged to hear about those stories, too. Yeah, 
you know, it's, and of course that's where they, you know, what, as a CEO, that's a smart hire. Um, they've been trained, you know, that you understand the culture that they've come from. And so in those particular industries, it's critical that that culture already be embedded in, in your employees. The 10 years ago, I think the challenge was that people were worried about, um, especially with post-traumatic stress and any kind of um, diagnoses, they were worried about their security clearances. And yeah. I think as a country, we've done a much better job to to help that along, but also to educate people that you know these these are again normal circumstances that shouldn't be affecting necessarily a security clearance. Yeah, there's the keyword education, just smartening people up about what's really happening out there with everybody. All right, let's go to our third and final category here: sports and recreation. That's a fun one. It sounds great, but I think you know, as a sports person myself and somebody who's played at a high level making sure that you take care of your mind and body when it comes to being physically fit, eating right and all those things, that's really important, but also having some fun too. So why don't we talk about that? Dennis, you hit the nail on the head with that because it isn't just about, um, it is one, it's the culture of the military, right? Just from the minute they hit boot camp, PFTs, you know, ACFT, all those, all the standards of performance uh, and measurements are critical for the success of the military mission. Um, and so a healthy body, physical body is, is part of that culture. And, and, and so it's promoted throughout the, the life cycle of your service, um, which then becomes, you know, part of who you are. Uh, so we've always felt very strongly that physically, um, and we know physiologically that exercise, fitness, a well body also, um, is helps people to heal faster. It, um, it creates community. It's all, I mean, there's so much more to it than just, um, being able to run a fast race. Um, so sports and recreation for us is more about the healing. And as you said, uh, um, it, it just goes deeper than, than just a, a race or a run or, um, some kind of an athletic event. Some of our, our service members heal faster Um, and process their experiences while sitting in the woods and turkey hunting. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, fly fishing can be a really amazing um, healer. Uh, So depends on what's, what's right for the individual. If they need therapy with a therapist and that really works for them sitting down and, or if they just need to sit with a a bunch of people that understand who they are in a duck blind um, that's, what we love about hope is that there's just, we understand that everybody heals differently and um, we have the ways and opportunities to provide people to do it on their own terms. I like that. It's about escapism, just kind of taking a break from the real world and being able to do something fun, relaxing, and you don't have to think about all the things that have happened and will happen and just take a break from society for a couple of hours. Let's talk about get involved because there's some really important temples in there with donate events and your partners. I'd like to start with events first. I know that a lot of nonprofits and a lot of uh, uh, different people like you uh, have different tent poles, whether it's a gala or fun runs or things like that. Uh, we're now in March and uh, maybe you could just share with us about why maybe coming up in 2023 that we should be on the lookout. And we'll give the website if you haven't already Googled uh, we will give the website at the end and how you can donate and be a partner, all that kind of good stuff. But what what events might be coming up over the next several months that uh, you're excited about? 
So locally, um, I'm really excited about our our gala in um, October on October 25th. It's called the Got Heart Give Hope Gala, and during that event, we honor and celebrate the lives of several service members, caregivers, spouses, families of the fallen, who, despite um, you know traumatic situations, have really found a way to thrive and give back and to continue giving. Um, and that is done at our what we call our Hope and Cur- Vigiano Family Hope and Courage Award Ceremony. Um, and so we're at a year, I think, 13 with this event. Um, it's originally hosted by Gary Sinise and um, Mr. John Vigiano, who's, who was a retired fire captain. Um, and this year we have a, as our guest of honor, we have General Stan McChrystal and um, hope to see Gary Sneeze back again this year and a host of um, really wonderful, again, military families that will be honored uh, at that event at Union Station in Washington, D.C. That's very exciting. And I imagine that uh, you can get tickets through the website that we'll give it just a little bit, but that's the way you'll probably be able to be able to attend. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So at hopeforthewarriors.org. Yep. All right, good. And we'll give that website again. Uh, just make sure that you have it. Talk about uh, partners and donations. This is really big, and I know it's big for you, about counting on people to partner with and also for donation and volunteering. Uh, we've got about maybe five minutes left, so let's talk about it because it's a really important aspect of what you do. Thank you, Dennis. Um, we we survive and we thrive on the generosity of the general public, um, whether it's corporate uh, sponsorships, corporate donations, grants and foundations, family foundations are really important part of our um a part of our family in terms of investing in hope and then uh, general donations, whether it be from attending events or annual giving um, planned giving. Um, so we, we work very closely with the people who invest it at hope to make sure that they feel and know how important their investment is for us. Um, I think what's interesting is philanthropy has changed and for the better uh, in terms of, People really want to know that they're making an impact when they invest their money, and so we're we're really being able we're have the opportunity to grow our volunteer base um, because so many people who want to give also want to get in return in a good way, right? They want to volunteer, and so we love our volunteers. It certainly allows us to do more, to expand our reach, um, and to to really hear and and um, and have that diversity of opinions and experiences um, and expertise to scale the organization and the things that we do. Um, most of the corporate partners that we have also love being able to do some kind of volunteer activity with us or team building activities that help enhance the work that we do at Hope. Um, so we've created some really great, unique programs for our corporate partners to so that their staff and their employees really go home with that that feeling like they've done something important well very nice and robin i'm sure you would agree with me that transparency is more than ever such an important thing and people when they donate their money always want to know what it goes to and you have so many different buckets when it comes to hope for the warriors so somebody makes a donation whether it's 25 dollars or twenty five thousand dollars, where is the money allocated to how does it work 
So for general donations, it's spread across the organization in terms of programming, or if someone's interested in um, restricted funding or they want their money to go to a specific program, that is always, um, that's always an option as well. So for instance, we have um, we have people who do specific events or fundraising for us and they donate right to our Warrior Wish program. So 100% of their donation goes to that to granting wishes for the, some of the severely wounded service members. Um, some of our scholarships are completely funded, you know, through the generosity of individual givers who really appreciate the education and want to make sure that that population has educational opportunities. Um, so you can give to the organization and um, 90 over 90% of the um, donation goes directly to programs. So we have a we're a lean, mean fighting machine here at Hope uh, when it comes to operational expenses. Um, but you can also donate directly to a particular program and 100 percent of the donation would go to that. Outstanding. Thank you for sharing that. We have less than two minutes left to go, and I sure have enjoyed our conversation. And we're going to have you back because there's so many things to talk about when it comes for Hope for the Warriors. If you were to have one takeaway for a listener that's just been introduced for the first time to Hope for the Warriors, Robin, what would you leave them with? Um, that again, that the organizations like Hope were, as I mentioned, we're a for-purpose organization, and we are funded through the generosity of the American public. Um, the military is still at war. The military, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. We can't just pull back on military family support because it doesn't appear that we're at war anymore. And so I think it's really important that the the experiences and the injuries and the the mostly most like the most experiences uh, are lifelong. And I've got service members who we've been working with for 16 years and probably will be for another 16 years in one way or another. Um, so don't forget the military when you're thinking about where to invest your money and your time and your and your heart. I think that's well said. All right. So when it comes to the website, let's give that again. And any social media channels or any way people can contact or see what you're doing, what, what are those ways they can do that? Absolutely. So the website is a significant amount of information and certainly um, contact information if you want more. So that's hopefortheWarriors.org. We also have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, um, all of those, there's links to all of those social media platforms on our website as well. Um, and we're constantly posting wonderful stories, um, ways to connect, ways to volunteer, ways to donate through all of those um, platforms. Outstanding. Robin, thank you so much for joining us today on Community DC. Continued success and we'll stay in touch. We really appreciate it. Dennis, thank you so much. Have a great day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.